like if you're like 21, 22 and being pretentious, but dude, you're that's like us. I mean, well, we know, are very pretentious too, but no, it's but we're it's, like cool pretentious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we take a different artist and a different album and we break it down. We find out all the secrets about the record and we uh, we let you all know about it. And uh, that's 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 the podcast. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there, it's Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Uh, you know, fucking, oh, we have a phone number. Phone number is 503-893-5307. Leave it, call us. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text message. we got a Discord server. You could join that. Let us know. Let us know that you want the link, and we'll send you the link. You could join it. Do Dude, this something. is probably the worst intro. This is probably the worst intro I've ever done. But oh. so You say that every week, and they get worse. I do. Progressively I do. worse. And so. They do. And this is what happens when this is the third time I've done this fucking intro. But anyway, hmm. uh, you know, Jeff, but. what are we doing today? What what band and artist are we doing today? We're doing Limp Biscuit's new album, Still Sucks. Check out your dad with the swag on the floor. Mama going brag when I walk in the door. Y'all ain't never seen a gorilla in the mist. Walk the line so fine with a blindfold. Keep in mind, though, hot dad riding in on a rhino. Biscuit formed in 1994 in Jacksonville, Florida by Fred Durst on vocals, Rob Waters on guitar, Sam Rivers on bass, and John Otto on drums. They currently have five, six full-length records, one EP, three comps, one live record, and one remix album, and have sold over 40 million copies worldwide. But that one we're doing today is called Still Sucks. It's the band's sixth record. It was released October 31st, 2021. 
It features Fred Durst on vocals, Wes Borland on guitars, Sam Rivers on bass, John Otto on drums, and DJ Lethal on the turntables. Now, Jeff, uh, what are your... What's your what's your origin story with Limp Bizkit before you make fun of me? Yeah, did you say f- they have five, six albums? I I did say yeah. I fucked oh, up. okay, I did. Yeah. Not like I they, did. they don't, right they, don't have, it, they don't have fifty six albums. They have six albums. They have six albums. Okay, yeah, they have six albums. Or five if you don't count one of their albums is what you were trying to no, say. No, 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 no. They have six albums plus seven albums if you if you include the um well if you don't oh my God. if you don't count one of their albums they only have five albums so that's where you're no they have six no if you don't count three dollar billy y'all they only have five albums oh okay i see what you're doing i see what you're doing i was trying to throw you a bone but you're not you're you're you're, you're drowning over there that's okay, fine though. okay okay i am okay. I, this is terrible this is a terrible night terrible night already so okay. there you go terrible All night right, so, <laughs> so what are your uh what, what's your origin story with limbiscuit what do you got and then we'll get into the, I mean, our initial thoughts on this record. Much like it, or in the rankings, I, I said my origin story is is I got $3 Billy Y'all first, and then I uh, I wasn't like in love with it, but I, I liked it enough to buy or want someone to take me to buy Significant Other like the day it dropped. And I ended up buying mm-hmm. a, an edited copy, and it was super annoying because I just tried to convince my dad for like fucking days to get me just the copy itself, and then... I got an edited one, and uh, there's just, there was no way I was doing that again. Trying to convince him to, yeah. to get me the un- there's no fucking like what would they, what would you what would you have said? Hey, remember that thing that you thought was too inappropriate for me? Well, this actually isn't as inappropriate as I thought. I need the one that is more inappropriate. So please take me back <laughs> to buy it. Okay. See, so yeah, I, I had that would the, definitely go over well. I, I had the edited copy of uh, which is weird, but I had the I had the unedited copy of Three Dollar Bill and had parental advisory sticker on it clear as day yeah that is weird actually f- funny <laughs> a funny side note is uh do you remember kid rocks um rebel without a cause album is it rebel oh, yeah or devil? terrible record i think it was rebel right i think it was rebel without a cause maybe yeah. it was devil without a cause because he's trying to be cute whichever is the is, is the is the kid main thing people say then then it was it was the other one but they, on the on the if you ever had the CD, the CD itself was just Kid Rock's middle finger, yeah. And it was just yeah. just his right middle finger with just all the fingers right there with rings on and everything. And I remember I was organizing my CDs one day. My dad saw it and like grabbed it, palmed it, and he was like, "What's this?" I was like, "Oh, that's Kid Rock." And like as I was speaking, he just like fucking squeezed his hand together and shattered it, <laughs> and then without even like saying a word, just left. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Like I thought we were gonna have a discussion about this, but nope, just shattered my Kid nope. Rock record. Just broke it. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so that was fun. But but significant uh, other is my is really my my true my true beginnings with Limp Bizkit because that's the one mm-hmm. that I that really really resonated with me. That's one that I still stuck with me to this day. That's one I love the most, and that's just that's that's what I want most from Limp Bizkit is that sound that rap rock. But mm-hmm. goofy rap rock, and it's it's honestly something they've never perfected. Like like Chocolate Starfish, they tried to do it, but the rap part of it was kind of missing from Chocolate Starfish. It was more of like a pop thing, and so they've mm-hmm. never really perfected like the rap rock until now. Until still sucks, and that comes me to my first impressions of this, and that's Dad vibes perfected it, finally yeah, you're perfected. Right. You're right. The fucking rat, the goofy, 
lackadaisical rap rock sound. Unbelievable. Yep. Took took twenty four years, but they did it. They did they it. They did it. Or longer than that, they started in ninety four. What is that? Twenty seven years? Twenty seven yeah. years. Twenty seven years it took that long. Great stuff, man. All right, so my, my origin story with Limbiscuit real quick. First song I ever heard was Nookie. Uh I, the the video on MTV, that was my my that's how I heard about them and it was after the album had just come out, so I had a burned copy of that. I don't remember, I don't even remember who I got it from, but I got a burned copy of Significant Other. And then uh I got the Family Values Tour ninety eight live record. And on that live record, Limbiscuit was on that tour, so there are three Limbiscuit songs on there. And the three songs were Faith, Counterfeit, and Pollution. Mm. So that was my introduction into Three Dollar Bill, and I instantly loved those songs because they sounded nothing like what was on Significant Other. So I actually went out and got $3 Bill, y'all. So I had that copy, and that was kind of my my origin story with the band and then just being obsessed with it. And then by the time with them, and then by the time Chocolate Starfish came out, I was, you know, I mean, Limbiscuit, like you didn't want to say you liked them. Like I was embarrassed to say I liked them, but I mean, I listened to them so goddamn much all the fucking time. I had those, I had the videos recorded, you know, from significant, you know, and together now nookie break stuff. And then going into my generation and roll, um, ro- rolling, dude, I had all those videotaped on a VHS tape and I would just fucking watch them over and over again. Loved it. Obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. And then of course, you know, finding out more how they were related to corn made them even cooler to me because corn are the greatest band to ever exist. So it was great stuff. So that's my origin story. Initial thoughts on this record. I was very pleasantly surprised. I didn't think that they would ever put out like a bad record because they've already Gold done Cobra it. was so good. Oh yeah. They had <laughs> already done it. Like, you can't get much worse than results may vary. You really can't. And after gold Cobra and realizing like how self-aware they were and the couple songs that they have already, they had already released over the last almost 10 years, you know, it, it can't be bad. So I was, I was stoked for it and it kind of, it honestly exceeded my expectations. Like within two listens, I could already differentiate every song. Yeah. I could tell you how every song, not, not necessarily went, but like kind of what I felt about each song by the second listen of the record. And that's very rare with like any band, even bands I love. It could take five to 10 listens before I start to differentiate the songs, but not with this one. This one really stood out and, I think that makes for a great record, honestly. Yeah. It really, really does. And to keep that that same kind of style that they're known for, it's pretty remarkable. So there you go. That's my that's my origin story and my initial thoughts on on Still Sucks. So let's get into do, oh, do we have any stinkers? Let's start no, with that. I don't have any okay. stinkers, but I have two songs that are, that are complete throwaways. But I have they're not stinkers. Yeah. Same here. I don't have any stinkers, but there are two songs that I'm okay if they were never on this. What, what are those two? Never songs for existed, you? really. Um, don't change the NXX cover. Yeah, that's, stupid. That's one, and then uh, the other, the other one that's not the last one. Empty, empty hole. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, the the two acoustic songs. They're not, they're not good. They're not bad. They're just they shouldn't exist. Like I mean, the NXX yeah. song is not a bad song. It's it's a, it's catchy. It's got parts in it that's fine. It's just like you're coming off. Turn it up, bitch, and you put on "Don't Change." Like, <laughs> what know. are you doing? I know. In the sequencing Turn from up, "Don't bitch. Change" to uh, "You Bring Out the Words to Me," I thought that was a fine transition. That that elevated yeah, yeah. gradually. That was fine. 
but Turn It Up Bitch is my 2B. And then to to, really to okay. drop into Don't Change, I thought was just like horrendous. That was just bad, bad planning. I, I'm with you on that. It it doesn't make sense to to have it like put put Don't Change as like a as a B side maybe or I guess maybe just put it after put it after a different song. Yeah, turn it turn up bitch. Turn it up bitch is it's too wild of a song to have right before an acoustic song. It's weird. But that I agree with you. Don't change an empty hole are my my two non banger songs. Everything else is a banger for me. Hey, even the last song. Even even the last song. Yeah, even the last song. Okay, all right. I I was surprised. I'm just as surprised as you on that. But yeah, empty hole. Yeah, throw away. Throw away. Boring. So, let's move on from those because I'm not a big. I'm not even a big in excess fan. I never have been. I just they're fine. They're good. I just never resonated with me. And I think you would agree, right? Yeah, I've never never been into them. Never never really cared. Yeah. Very uh, new romantic style and just eighty yeah, shit. Just, I don't want to listen to. I don't care. Yeah, I think like the best thing to come out of that kind of genre was the Cure, and even that. I mean, a lot of Cure stuff. I just I can't get into. So, there you go. So let's get into well, let, let's get into Dad Vibes since we already played it. Right up front, there are no music videos so far for this record. There's like a, a live video of this with Fred Durst dressed up, but outside of that, no music video for Dad Vibes. What do you got kind of musically on this one and lyrically? So Dad Vibes is my 3B because I I think this song is so fucking good. I think this is like arguably the best perfect like interpolation of rap into their rock music that they've ever done. Because sometimes it, it gets a little bit more rock than rap. This is clearly more rap. But with this album what they're doing here is 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 they're incorporating what rap is now there's like this song is is the pacing is choppy and it seems so fucking processed and thrown together like a lot of the complaints that we have for rap of this of this of this day and age and the mm-hmm. song just seems so fake and synthetic <laughs> and and just done on a on a midi keyboard and it just sounds so dumb but that was like that was the goal that was yeah, like that the, was the clear goal. That was not just the goal of the song, of the song title, of the album, but like of Limp Biscuit as a fucking band. And I just, I, yeah. I can't get over just how perfectly this song encapsulates all of the things that Limp Biscuit hates, but also all of the things that they are, but all the, all, also all of the things that nobody ever expected them to be until now. Nobody ever <laughs> thought of it until now, except for us, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, we we know everything, and I can't I, I can't get over the la da part, money da. Oh, I love it! I Those, love it so much. That is the best part of the song. <laughs> can't get over it. It's so good. Come and get a sip, la di da, la di da. It's it it's so snotty and so bad sounding, but it it to, it's totally okay with this band. I I I think like lyrically this. This I, I like the idea of this song being this huge comeback statement from from Fred and the band and 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 when I say like a comeback thing is is when when bands come back after such a long hiatus and, and mm-hmm. they come back and they've redefined themselves and there's something totally different we're gonna knock your socks off with our new sound and they make this <laughs> huge comeback and like this is it and instead of like trying to reinvent themselves they've done just the opposite like they've never changed. And now they've accepted their status as just old guys and, and made a shitty rendition of shitty rap music, essentially, and did it yeah, in the yeah, Limp yeah. Biscuit style. 
It's fucking unbelievable. It's so, it's so adventurous. It, it is really and, is, and it's in the fact that they mock themselves makes it even better. And like I, I would compare this to like you know Green Day trying to reinvent themselves multiple times, and it just comes off as just so, so um, insincere. It's sad. Yeah, but with this, it's like yeah, we know we're we're fifty years old now. We're not. We're not out here partying, getting all wild. Let's sing. Let, let, let's rap really lazily. Let's make it just kind of seem like more of just like a chill kind of thing and not make it. Let's not try to reinvent anything like you said. And musically and lyrically, that's what this song is, because his vocal delivery on this song is so lazy and it's so smooth. Like it's lazy and smooth. And he never he's never had that kind of smoothness to his his delivery, which I, I think is really cool. It sounds really great. And then couple that with how he was dressing at like a Lollapalooza when they debuted this song, like, you know, wearing, wearing the wig and, you know, the old khakis and, and shit like that, the mustache, you know, kind of throwing it back to almost like, you know, a sabotage from, from the Beastie Boys, you yeah. know, that, that's kind of the, the kind of thing I got from it too. And dude, it was, it was such a perfect comeback and perfect single to kick off this record without a doubt. And like you said, the, the Lottie Dawes are just so silly. They're so cheesy, but they make it work. They really, really make it work in the song. I love it. This is this is a band that that I don't know disco elephants. I'm I'm now thinking that was never even a real thing. That was just I don't know. It was just hype builder, a placeholder until they decided to actually stop being lazy and do something. Because we we've had singles trickling out since since 2014. Like we've we've had yeah. songs trickling out here. Some and great there. songs too. And we've had just enough talk of disco elephants, but never anything concrete that ever had legs. And and just mm-hmm. I don't know, just the long con aspect of this band, and like how disco elephants has blown up into this 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 Chinese democracy type thing, where yeah. like at this <laughs> really point, has. like at this point, there's no way that they could ever release it because it it could not hold up to its to to its talk. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, just like Chinese democracy, like there was no even even as ambitious as that album tried to be, it was it was plagued. It was doomed before it even was released because there's no way you can live up to that kind of hype. And and but now I think like Disco Elephants was never meant to be like a release. I think it's maybe it was all just know. like a, a, a joke and, and just something to keep us keep us keep us on the hook just enough, just enough. So people listening who don't know what we're talking about, Stampede of the Disco Elephants was supposed to be the follow-up to Gold Cobra, and it originally was supposed to come out in 2014. They released singles, this and that, but it was never actually released. Uh, Wes Borland always said it was because, you know, Fred never was really comfortable with the vocals. He would he would record vocal tracks, but then he would just throw them away. And apparently they had written and recorded up to like 35 songs or something like that. And then by the time this album came out, Fred had trickled, her. he had brought it down to to the 12 songs but i forgot where i was going with that but, but there, there's no better person to blame <laughs> totally it on where I was going than with fred that. durst like it, like if you're gonna blame it on anybody blame it on fred durst because that's what we do yeah blame it on but fred i think durst. even i think even fred admitted like this is all on me this is not like there's he's he's the only person to blame to blame for the delay which is fine you know that that's totally understandable if you don't want to put something out that you don't like or you don't believe in don't fucking put it out just don't do it. So I, I, I actually respect him for that. It, I mean, we could have easily had another album like Results May Vary. Maybe not as like serious in tone, but it could have been just as bad. 
I don't know. I'm just Who not. Knows? I'm not convinced anymore that there was ever. I, I don't think it was real. I don't think that they actually had an intention of putting a record out. But then why release these singles like Endless Slaughter <laughs> uh, and and Ready to Go and I, then I don't know and Lights and Lights was another one that that wasn't I mean that song is terrible by the way I I, uh, I fucking don't know I it's just it's so it's so weird and I don't know I I think just to keep us on the hook but without without thinking they're going to release this album still sucks they could have kept us on the hook indefinitely it's true I don't know this this band it, it still surprising me. Still surprising me. They do. No, they they surprise me as well. Wait, hold on one second. I have to hold on. Wait. So where where did we leave off? We left off. Uh, oh, I we were talking about Disco Elephants. I now I'm not convinced anymore that Disco Elephants was actually a legitimate threat. I, I think maybe it was just uh, it was it was a passing idea that they were throwing around in the vein of like Chinese democracy. I don't know, man. I I really think that they intended to release it. I really think they did, and I think Fred Durst got cold feet. And then it, it's like also when you look at results may vary, that that whole album cycle, he was very kind of self-conscious about where to go next. And because of the way Gold Cobra had kind of kind of flopped in a way, I think he was, it was all came down to, you know, him being secure and just, or being afraid of putting out putting something out there to be made fun of again. <laughs> I really think that's what it is. I really that's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. What? I know it's true. Like, how many albums can this poor dude release where his people just <laughs> make on fun it. of it constantly? Even even their their most popular release in Chocolate Starfish, you know, they've sold millions of records, but that album still is is still pandered, and people still make fun of it. But I mean. It, he he he'll never win. He can never win, no matter what situation. He I think won now. This is this is, this I is feel a like, win. This is the first win they've ever had. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like this is the first time in in the band's history where, or Fred Durst in general, where people are actually admiring him. Like everybody's beginning to admire him, or beginning to kind of just enjoy his presence, you know, without making fun of him. <sighs> but and I think a lot of it has to do with this song because. I mean, look at the first two lines of the song. You know, check out your dad with the swag on the floor. Mama gonna brag when I walk in the door. I mean, terrible lyrics, but you know, it's just it's so self-deprecating and it's so middle age of him. It's be, yeah, I mean, because like who, it, who I the love fuck it. I love it so much. Nobody thinks their dad is cool. Like, like yeah. nobody thinks like their mom's gonna brag when their dad walks in. Like <laughs> that's so. Dumb. It's so know, fucking I, pathetic. Like, there's not even a. I can't even think of a good adjective to describe how stupid this is. <laughs> I can't even think of one. I'm at a fucking loss. How <laughs> dumb this is. Also, also in the chorus, the line "Dad got the sag in the back with a drip." I mean, it's so good. And then, then, then it follows up with the "Come and get a sip, la di da." It's it, it's fantastic. But when I first heard it, before I looked up the actual lyrics, because I did look them up. I thought he didn't use the word sag. I thought he used the derogatory term for uh, for a gay person. Oh. And that's what I thought. And and I, I honestly, I thought that would kind of, I, I thought maybe he kind of threw in that word because, you know, kind of throwing it back to the old days when a lot of people use that term. I thought maybe he did that intentionally, but then I looked it up and no, it was dad got the sag in the back with the drip. This is, this, this, this song is just, like nonsensical Fred Durst at his best. Damn this dad like a river, flow so cold, need ice to deliver. The fuck does that even mean? 
It doesn't it means mean anything. Nothing. It's just it, it, all these things just sound cool and and <laughs> dude, like dad rock. This is this is what is yeah. happening now. Just it just sounds fucking cool. Drop so hard like a rock, dad don't stop. <laughs> what? So damn clean, he a mop. <laughs> he a mop. Uh, sugar. Yeah, it's dude. This but is th- it's unbelievable. Yeah, and that it's honest, honestly all the lyrics on this record. All the lyrics are pr- they seem to be pretty nonsensical, and that's I mean I I'm not knocking him for that. I think that's really funny, and the songs m- make up for any shortcomings when it comes to the to the lyrics. It's totally okay, totally cool with it. I I just I think the lyrics are so good, and 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 how they and like I said how they set it up with what he was dressed as, you know, with the the wig and the clothes, the khakis. Like it was a little bit of mi- and then with like the the checkered vans too. So it was like a mixture of like the the dad from the seventies and eighties, and then the dad of like who's still trying to be cool nowadays. Like it's that 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 funny combination of it all. I, honestly, it was spot on, absolutely spot on. It, it and then really watching was. And, it couldn't have been. And better. then watching that that Lollapalooza performance, and he's still fucking jamming to break stuff and and all and everything. It's, it's so good. It's such a a. Man, I, I I think too like this this because th- th- like a lot of the articles and, and reviews that I read are people that that think or that were claiming to have been in on Limp Bizkit's, uh charade since the beginning, which are fucking bullshit, bullshit. No way. Yeah. And the other half are saying that these guys are still a joke. They suck, and this is a a clear attempt at selling out. And I I. I think those people are idiots, even more so than the ones Brian, the it, ones you said previously. Their their argument holds a little bit of water. So, for instance, so like the this album comes out and it's aimed at us. It's aimed at you, like literally you and me and people maybe a little bit older than us. That, that's who this is aimed at, and it's yeah, also yeah. aimed at like kids who are now getting back into like '90s stuff because '90s is coming back around again, coming back around again. And again, I know. <laughs> And it's you know it's 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 aimed at like all of these different generations. and It's coming out at a very very perfect time, and uh, it's it's so that for like just marketing a standpoint, that's 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 fine, that's fair, I get it, and yeah. like it's it's barely long enough to even be an LP by what like society deems it should be an LP. Twenty nine minutes, yeah, it, that's an EP. No, it's it, thirty two yeah, minutes, that's an LP. That's going back to the unquestionable truth thing. It was twenty nine minutes. That was not even thirty minutes long. Yeah. You you're hard pressed to, to release an album that's twenty nine minutes and call it an LP. There's just no way. But yeah. thirty two minutes is, is just long enough. But this is actually thirty one minutes and fifty five seconds. Yeah, thirty two fucking minutes. Yeah, it's missing that five seconds. And also don't forget that there's no physical edition of. There's no physical release of this. I know. It so sucks. I would. So I would love to have it on. Getting vinyl. more into the selling out vibe. There's no physical edition of this. Therefore, they only want people to stream it. Well, the way Spotify works is you get money per song. If you release a six-minute song, you get the same amount of money as if you release a two-minute song. All of these mm-hmm. songs are very, very short. That way, you can listen to them all. And get more money from it, so that's why I said the the selling out thing does hold a little bit of water. Because when you start putting all these together, it does kind of seem like like this is a cash grab. But I think it's, yeah, it's I true. think it's a calculated, well put together cash grab. I think you're right, and and like you like we've talked about, they're very self aware, especially in the last 
12 or so years since they kind of since they since they actually got back together in 2009 i feel like at that point they realized you know we can we can just make goofy music make money off of it have a great time never take ourselves seriously again and and have a have a pretty great career and that's what they've done since 2009 with the touring and and you know putting out gold cobra and now this i i this is this is a great this is a great output from them this entire record and it's it's weird everything is so calculated now with them like really the only other band that has just self-proclaimed like we suck for so long and and it's it's accepted as just like that's that's what they do it's funny they don't actually suck it's like primus right like, yeah like yeah, what, yeah. how many bands have said they like we suck over and over in a very <laughs> yeah. very like non-joking way like dead ass serious we suck i don't like our music yeah, it's but, not good it's it's but primus. the difference between but the difference between primus and limp biscuit is that primus you know from a technical standpoint they're pretty far advanced I don't know. They're pretty far ahead of Limp Bizkit, but musically. But not. But that's 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 one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is Limp Bizkit writes really, really, really melodic, catchy music. And us as humans, yeah, I, I like Rush is fun to listen to. But I mean, they're fucking boring. I'd rather just listen to Kesha because she makes really melodic music that I can sing along to, and it's enjoyable for me. I don't have to put so much effort into it. <laughs> Rush to Kesha. <laughs> that's a big jump. But like you're not you you're not. No, you're I, not I get what you mean. I get what you mean. You're, you're painting half the picture. Uh, that's that's the point. But the, uh, another 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 thing is is Les Claypool's been a fan of of Fred Durst for a very long time, for decades. Yeah, and it's what is it's, that? What what's that one thing he said in the interview about Woodstock? Like no press is bad press. That's that's yeah. what Les says about Fred Durst, and 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 it's kind of it's kind of true. Not bad press. Is is still good press. It's no press is bad press, and and and, th- and at, the, at the end of the quote, he says, "Fred is a great guy." Like he he ends the quote with that, and I love it so much, especially considering how Fred and Les Claypool have worked together on on each other's records. I love that. I love that that Les likes Fred Durst. I I, I don't know. I I just think it's so fucking cool. And and for someone like. Les Claypool, who I mean, he's he's not like the spokesperson for music by any means, but no one no one doesn't respect Les Claypool. Like, like absolutely, no yeah. one has come out and be like, "Oh, he's a fucking dick. Fuck him. I don't respect." Like, no one has ever said that about him. So the fact yeah. that he's just in this other realm of of musicianship, when he says something like that, like you gotta you gotta take it. You gotta you gotta yeah. take it at what it's worth. So there's something to Fred Durst. That Les Claypool thinks is worthwhile, so clearly we're mm-hmm. missing the point here. And when I say we, yeah. I, I mean the people that have been saying that Limp Bizkit sucks from day one. Exactly, and I mean, like I said too, when you look back on it, Fred Durst worked on the Primus record Antipop. Primus was also on the Family Values tour in '99. Yeah, he was on a '98. He was on the '99 tour, or 2000. Well, it was '99, but yeah. So like, he's he's really just he knows Fred well. He's for obviously friends with him and the band so it's like it's it's a fucking total long con limp biscuit is a long con fred durst is a long con and i absolutely love it i love it so much and i mean he's just like like we talk about like guys that have just a really hard work ethic and and it always kind of comes back to like danzig's mentality of just let's hit the town with a thousand flyers for every show that we do 
And mm-hmm. like that's what Durst was doing. He was he was putting together bands from the very he was, beginning, like fucking giving shitty tattoos and mowing lawns and stuff. Like he was boots to the ground, working his ass off to get this band off well, the ground. They they were doing shit before, like like in, back in the nineties before three dollar bill. They wanted they needed more fans to come to the show. So he's like, why don't we any women that want to come to the show they'll get in for free, and that boosted their sales. That boosted the amount of people who like them because. Who doesn't want to go to a free show? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that boosts their, their sales. And then even that, that payola thing that they did after $3 bill came out, where they where the, the label paid $5,000 to a radio station to play the... Oh, like yeah, the payola scandal. <laughs> yeah, they, they, pay, they pay the radio station $5,000 to pay counterfeit. I think it was counterfeit. Either that or pollution. 50 times in a row. That's what they did. I mean, it's fucking genius. I mean, it... it I mean... It, Obviously, payola is something that that already exists and has existed since the beginning of music radio. So it's never been. It's just that it's just the fact that that Lim, that Limp Biscuit did it, and we're not ashamed to do it, and like openly said, "Fuck it, who cares?" Like if people listen to hear the music, that's what we want. You know, I just love how open they were about that when it was already. It's already been done. You know, millions and millions of times prior to that. I love it. It's, I love uh, it so much. They they had a massive following. Sugar Ray opened for them like when when before they were even signed, and and they had a massive At following. The milk bar, right? Yeah, just yeah. some I don't know from fucking punk club in, in South Florida, where the hell it was. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like Fred Durst convinced. I I think it was John Otto or Sam Rivers or somebody who was in a different band. He's like, you should quit that band and come join our band. We don't really have anything going on right now, but we're gonna be big. And yeah. Then, well, then no, quit. no. Fred, Fred, and Sam were in a band called like Malachi or something like that, and then Fred left that band and convinced Sam to leave the band with him, so we could start a band, a different, a rap rock band. And he said, "Do you know a drummer?" He said, "Oh, my cousin plays drums, but he's like a jazz musician." Yeah. So they convince a fucking jazz musician yeah, to come in and play a rap rock, and that being John. But Otto, he was like, just, he was in school. He was like studying yeah, jazz yeah. in school, and then exactly, Fred basically yeah. convinced this guy to like quit jazz school. And join a rap rock band that has no feet whatsoever, <laughs> and it worked out for him. That's I mean, that's fucking nuts. Though. Like just that that, that kind of that kind of passion you get from somebody doesn't it doesn't happen often. No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> How do you convince a guy that's in fucking jazz school to join your stupid <laughs> rap rock group? <laughs> yeah, your experimental rap rock group in 1994. Like what? Like I obviously rage were blowing up and you know shit like that, but. And corn, but damn, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking nuts. So let, let's get back to still sucks. Let, let's go back to twenty twenty one to to present day. Present day. Um. So dad vibes, obviously. That that's your three B. You said uh, that's also my three B. So we're on the same page there. So do we have anything else to say about this song? No, 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 no. So then, what is your one B? Snacky poo. Snacky poo is really your number one. Snacky poo is my no one B. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let's get into that. So, so <laughs> I, just the intro itself, I, that that crinkling and then the chewing. Oh yeah. So I, I don't know. I thought that was so fucking funny, and I this was a, this was one of the first times in a long time that I actually laughed like hard listening to a song, and <laughs> I listened to it multiple times until I could finally f- like listen to it because I was laughing constantly, and I I don't know what it is about how stupid this song is, but it's funny. It's a, it's a perfect funny, especially when he says, "I need a snacky poo, snacky poo." 
<laughs> so bad. Oh, it's dude, so there's bad. some of his best worst lyrics are on this. Like my favorite, my I, my favorite verse here is mm-hmm. is I mean I, I think it, I think overall this is about like the music scene and how focused mm-hmm. some artists are on their social media image rather than their content. And I think it's a, oh, yeah. a, a general dig. But um, my, my favorite my favorite uh, verse is, he says, your style is a pancake, time for me to flip it. How many times you gonna change, how you rip it. I'm sorry to say it, but ain't nothing that can fix it. And you should play a forest because your audience is crickets. It's crickets. <laughs> and then it plays the cricket sounds and it says, gotta love the crickets. Like, gotta love the crickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Dude, just listening to that build up, like, like how he's t- like your yeah. style's a pancake. Time for me to flip it. Okay, that's that's dumb, dude. That's not that's not a good line. <laughs> and then how many times are you gonna change it and how you rip it? But like we make fun of like MGK and even Posty for changing their 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 style until it hits, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's kind of the dig he's going at here. How many oh, times you totally can change dig, it? Yeah. And then it's it's just dude, you should play a forest because your audience that's is crickets. It, it's so disrespectful. That one line right there. Is so disrespectful. I love it, it. It reminds me of this guy we used to we used to go to high school with, and I, I hung out with him freshman year. He was a big OC guy, like the the OC the TV show, and okay. uh, it was it was Nick Keener, Nick Keener, and I don't remember him. I think he was he was on the water polo team, but he was kind of a shorter guy. Like he was really really short, and he mm-hmm. used to tell people. He he would like in class. He'd be like, hey, like you're done. Just just go to bed. No, no, he he wouldn't say you. Know, he would say you need to go to bed. And then he would say it like dead serious, and and then we'd be like, like go to bed. Why would I go to bed? Said, because you're done. Go to bed. <laughs> like, but the, the way he said it was so funny, and he would get people every fucking time when he'd say, you, "You need to go to bed." And you're like, "Why would I? Why would I go to bed? Because you're done." <laughs> After like you said something stupid or something like that, and that's what it's this so reminded dry. me. Of. I love it. Like, you should play oh. a forest. Oh, why, like why should I play a forest? Because your audience is crickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like boil. It's, such a it's good like dish. boil. Try to get diet yeast out. Try to get the yeast <laughs> infection out. That's what it's like. Yeah. You <laughs> should play a forest. Like yeast. Like yeast. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's such a good dish. It's such a fucking it dad is. dish. Like it's. Oh my! Everything about this is just perfectly crafted. Love it. It is. It really is, man. I'm. I'm with you totally on this one. Damn. Oh my gosh. That is it's fantastic. And and on uh, lyrically on this one too, I feel like it's it's him kinda calling out people who have tried to reach out to him, trying to feed off of his off of Limb Biscuit's notoriety and kind of fame, saying like why oh, why don't we do a tour together? Why don't we play together? Our our styles are similar, but then him realizing like you're you're literally nothing. Like what have you done? Like you would you would bring us down with your bullshit. I, f- I feel like it's also, it's, it's partially that as well. Not just calling out artists like MGK and Post Malone. Yeah. They're on this. Lip Biscuit isn't in the, in the game to give out little snacky poos. <laughs> it's not what they're about. And there's a part too. Not- <laughs> there's a part too. When he's trying to say blogosphere, but he says like, Oh yeah. He says blogosphere yeah. and just like trails off. And it's <laughs> so ugly and pathetic. It is. This is a great diss track. Absolutely a great diss track. <laughs> and then you get the skit on top of it, the skit at the end, where it's it, the skit is pretty much making fun of Wes Borland and him being like, 
you know, a little bit pretentious, especially back in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, you know, talking about like what his favorite types of food and his favorite bands and everything like that. Let's give the most pretentious answers you can possibly give. I love yeah. it. It's, Mix it's, the Chris Farley thing in there. It's it's Great it's stuff. funny because because, yeah, like Wes had this this image of of kind of like being a dick, just very, I don't know, not fun to talk to. He's better than. Yeah. But then we talked to him and he was amazing. He was so fucking nice. nice. He was so nice. He was like stoked that we were talking to him. Like like, we had like a weird connection immediately just because he was so excited to talk to us. Yeah. And this is a little bit. This is like two years after he left Limbiscuit. And yeah, he was, he was so nice to us. He and he had so no, he had nice. no, because we asked him, obviously we asked him about Limbiscuit, and he had no problem oh, yeah, answering honestly and truthfully about like his plan to Limbiscuit. He wasn't like put off by it. He wasn't upset by it. Like he answered us honestly, respectfully and kind of like excitedly. Yeah. And I'm like, like Fred Durst is always criticized for being the goofball and just being so egotistical. Wes Borland's also he, he's made fun of just as much, but just in a in a very different way, more of a visual and way. Yeah, I, yeah, more in a visual, but also like as being this like overly artsy guy who is very pretentious rather than douchey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, there's that there's that that difference between the pretentiousness and the douchiness of Fred Durst. But maybe that's kind of what what Limbisca was. It balanced out those two things, the two characters. I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's great. Regardless, it's great. So l- let's play a little bit of Snacky Poo, and then we'll get it. We'll finish that up, and then go on to the next song. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Snacky Poo from Limp Bizkit. I never hate to admit it Taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it Lately I've been snappy, I gave up on the fitted Sometimes up on the bucket, eventually I kick it Chocolate on the starfish, everybody kiss it I pray that you don't get it and I ain't even religious I don't need your instant and I don't want your digits Hit somebody else up when you're trying to sell your tickets Everybody got a mic Chasing all they can to get another like I'll need another motherfucker in my life Looking at my life, giving me a light Time for me to flip it. How many times you gonna change how you rip it? I'm sorry to say it, but ain't nothing that can fix it. And you should play it for us, cause your audience is crickets. Gotta love the crickets. I ain't trying to have it, so please don't try to give it. You give this kind of useless, and I can't do nothing with it. I'm glad that I don't know you, it means that I don't miss you. So if you see me out, don't come over here to visit. Lethal, turn it up, we burning up the kitchen. Freddie D gon' whip us up a batch you ain't forgetting. I'm bringing out the fixings, too many to mention. And bringing back the 90s to ease up on the tension. There you go, Snacky Poo <laughs> from Limbiscuit. Banger of a song. Banger of a song. God, I love the crickets. Like, it's so dumb. <laughs> and the fact that they stop everything just for the cricket sounds too. God, I love the crickets. Mm, it, it's very um, Fresh Prince. Yeah. Very, very, very Fresh Prince. I like it. It's, it's, 
it's also very like just in case you miss this disc, let's rewind just so I can get back to it and then make sure that you really, <laughs> I'm really driving it home here. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh boy. All right. We got anything else on snacky poo? No, that's uh <laughs> that's my one B. <laughs> All right. My one B is, um, is the first song out of style. Out of style. Now this song, I mean, first of all, First things first, right? Yeah, first things first. Uh, Hit it. <laughs> West Borland's guitar riff. It is so weird. It it's almost off time, off beat. I don't even know. Is that it's squealy sound? Is that is that him or is that some type of like DJ thing? No, it's him. And I guess uh well like a week ago he posted on his Instagram like how to play that riff because people people have been trying to figure out how he plays it and he did play it and it's it's all him. Everything is him, and it's pretty fucking cool. It's so it's fun. Such and a weird time. Good times, and it's I don't know. It's yeah, cool. The timing of it is so bizarre. It's so so bizarre. But it's such a killer way to start out the record, because it it, it perfectly shows like the best of what Limbiscuit were doing. You know, with Chocolate Star. This whole song is the best of what they were doing with Chocolate Starfish and Gold Cobra. Mix it with a little bit of like modern kind of what's going on hardcore music in a way. That's what the song is, and it perfectly sets up the rest of the record. I think it's this is a perfect song. Honestly, this is a perfect song because after after that that main guitar riff, you go into the verse. It's a little bit slower, and it's very reverbed out and echoey with with Fred's vocals, and it sounds so much like Turnstile on the new record on Glow On. Did you get that at all? Did you yeah, hear that at all? That's that's like so much of it. That's kind of like like today's styling of, of of music that's a lot of electronic elements are being incorporated to a lot of traditionally non-electronic rock bands and the mm-hmm. slow parts of this have those sounds this this song is is like a perfectly updated limp biscuit song it's like if limp biscuit wrote a song 20 years ago and then rewrote it and just updated <laughs> it for today's climate that's like what this song is and like my yeah. favorite my favorite part of this is that the song it continuously builds up until this point where you think it's going to drop into an electronic kind of like drop where we've mm-hmm. heard it so much because that's what we hear all the time. And even in turnstile did it fine, but like we hear it all the time, things build up and they drop and it gets very heavy electronic and they didn't do it. It built up and it made us think that they're going to drop into this heavy electronic like chorus or this heavy like electronic mm-hmm. drop. And it completely did it when it dropped into like a traditionally, Three dollar bill, y'all. Even kind of, kind of era of Limp Bizkit. It's just that's just good nuance. Like it lead is. me to it, believe something that's not going to happen. Good songwriting, really. That's what it is. It's good songwriting. It's let's not let's not stick to the typical formula, both in that sense, but also just the riff wise. Because there's people are just going to play like a, a simple, very simple, you know, four chords, you know, just very bland thing. But West doesn't do that and throw that in like with what you said with the the weird song structure kind of weird song structure it just makes for a very unique song and that's what i like so much and then the intro too is very um it's early limp biscuit it's it's very almost significant other yeah it's the hit it the the hit it when he (sighs) said when he yells hit it that's very significant other yeah so good i I love it (laughs) oh my god that first verse it's that it's the first verse that that give off that turnstile sound so much where he's just, I've been asking for something 
and just the way he sings to that dan it feels so wrong it feels so wrong it's exactly what it sounds like it's like it's a guy who can't really sing because the guy in turnstile he's not like a great singer he's a hardcore singer he's a higher yeah he, he's not like a great singer like fred durst is not a great singer no. but he has a great backing band he has great songwriters behind him you know and that's how this first verse is it's oh man it's so fucking good like, i love like this, i love this song so much lyrically i thought this song was essentially just about how it how it's cool to be retro and people think like limp biscuit is cool because they're retro even though they never stop doing this thing yeah that's exactly why how i felt too they're essentially just mimicking themselves at a at an earlier age but yeah. yeah but because we're i don't know like when i say we as a society because we 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 never appreciated limp biscuit like we we think oh they're being retro it's funny it's like no this is <laughs> they're just being like themselves at 25 years old <laughs> i know there's it's nothing so retro good. about this like it's it's yeah. who they are how they've never and also how they've like and lyrically i agree with you and how they've never changed their style they've like they're Limp Biscuit. This is what they are. Like they're they're not copying anybody. Everybody's co- or people are copying them. I love that idea. I just I just love it, and it's so true. Damn, it's like what a brand this band has built. They, oh yeah, just in, in, ingrained themselves in society, but without any of like the uh, the rabid fan base, I guess, because like we don't we don't realize how much they are in our daily lives. Because we don't give them the credit for it. No, we don't. We don't. It is unfortunate. So should we play a little bit of Out of Style? Play a little bit. Here we go. Out of Style from Limp Bizkit. But we can start today to make a better tomorrow. 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 style from limb biscuit <laughs> that that lyric that i just faded out on i it's so it's so stupid it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Do you know what part I'm talking about? It got serious for a second. The way he says four is like four <laughs> second. Like he's got like a mouthful of like cotton balls or something. Four second. I know. Oh, it has that. Oh, it's so obnoxious. I love it though. <laughs> the song is so good. It has so much to it. Like I, like we said, like with the turnstile, the heaviness, the weird rhythm section of it all. It's this is everything you would want from Limp Bizkit in a in a in a classic sense and a modern sense. This is perfection on the record. That's why I love this song so much. It perfectly shows the the capabilities of this band. It's 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 the best opener they could have chosen given all of the songs in this record. Oh, totally, totally. It's my four B. Oh, it is but, your four B. Okay, yeah, it's my four B. But so let let's move on. What do you got to your? What do you have for your two B? My two B is turn it up, bitch. Turn it up, bitch. Turn. It up. <laughs> <This> <laughs> That's is, my two B as well. So I mean, aside from from the the fact that this song is is very clearly inspired by Cypress Hill, the baseline is totally, very yeah. Cypress Hill. The song itself sounds very Cypress Hill. It's that little pre-chorus part that that I don't know, like the talking, the the girl talking, kinda, but mm-hmm. still singing. What the fuck? Oh, that was my favorite part. Like, what the hell is that? I, I, yeah. I when that came on, I thought that was going to be the chorus, and I, <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Why, why, I, why is she so like mean right now and then sounding like aggressively? And then, and then it came in with the chorus and like every needs some hardcore fucked up shit or whatever he says and. It was weird, and then we never that heard it again. That yeah, that pre-chorus is my favorite of the entire song. That favorite part of that whole song. It's so very kind of like like dun dun. It's I don't want to say like matter of fact, but is that not a female vocalist that's doing it? That? Is it is? I don't know who it is though. I couldn't find out who it was. I tried looking it up. I could not figure out who it was. But then when you look at the structure of the song, there's there's only one pre-chorus to the song to this whole song. Everything else, it's not it's not a a, a typical, you know, like pop structure. I mean, yeah, that that never happens again. That in the song, that that that, that voice it never comes back. Again? I'm trying to. Like, I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to remember what she's saying. Yeah, bigger, better, fake it, never living. It's like very um, uh, Daft Punk. Yeah, that like, that like harder, better, it, faster, harder, stronger. Yeah, harder, better, faster. Yeah, that's what it is. Like bigger, better, fake it, never living with. Yeah, it's just. Very, it's very staccato. That's what it is. It's then like the oh, last line, bitch. That. You heard me. You ain't worthy. And then he goes <laughs> into the chorus and you know does his, does his Fred Durst thing. It's just, I don't know. I yeah. thought that that part was just so, it was so jarring and weird. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. And what I like too is that all in this song, all the the weird little samples he throws in, like the, uh, the like the emergency broadcast sound. <laughs> he throws in like a like an ambulance siren. Like a bunch of weird th- little things to to go along with what Fred is saying lyrically, it's such a good, a good throwback to to early '90s hip hop. Yeah, like and underground hip hop or conscious hip hop, I should say. Beastie that's, Boys. That's like really what this is. This is this is something that we would have attempted to do in high school. This is a very, this is a very basic structured song. Like, there's nothing really. There's a lot of nuance to it, but it's 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 template. It's very basic and 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 ordinary and and that's really with the entirety of this record there's nothing overly complicated and i feel like with with that simplicity makes it even more exciting because we all know every member of this band is very talented i mean 
from an instrument wise. I mean, Fred is, you know, Fred is Fred, but you know, Wes, John, Sam, and even DJ lethal, like they're all very talented with their instruments, but for them, none of them to really kind of wank or do anything crazy, I think is really cool. They really kind of, you know, brought it back or they really kind of toned it down, but still have their signature styles on every song. I think it's really good. It's it's just, it's so fucking it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre how these guys can just make something so basic and ordinary be so yeah. good. I know. I I, I, I can't tell it. you. I was so surprised by this record. I, I it really exceeded my expectations. It really did. I just I want to hear that pre-chorus. I think that pre-chorus is it's so cool. It is so fucking cool. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I cannot figure out what I like so much about it, but because it's, it's so fucking weird. Because he just it's he so throws his, he throws his whole verse out where he's kind of just like name dropping all of these things. You can pick them apart, like in a lot of hip hop songs. He starts rattling off. He calls out the uh, Halo Master Chief at some point, and there's like a lot of things <laughs> he says. You're like, oh, I I recognize that. I recognize that. And then she comes in, and you're just like, what the fuck? This is and kind of like slows yeah. down the pace a little bit. Like you said, it's choppy and weird and. It's I don't know. Her voice just sounds like kind of aggressive, like a, like an unnecessarily aggressive. Like tone. she just sounds like a mean person. Yeah. Yeah. She sounds mean, like she would fuck you up. Like you wouldn't want to. You probably wouldn't want to like get in a fight with her. Yeah, she'd fuck you, fuck you, fuck you up. <laughs> like I wouldn't even say like physically she would fuck you up. I think like what she said to you would hurt you more than like a physical fight with her. <laughs> like she seems like she could really dig deep and pull up the worst things about you. And really plunger. make you feel like a shit. Taking up old shit, yeah, yeah. I feel like that—that that is her. Well, and the the chorus, the chorus is very chocolate starfish. I mean, just lyrically, it's everybody needs some hardcore fucked up bang your head shit. Turn it up, bitch. It's, Turn it up, it, bitch. Ah, uh, I hate it, but I love Fredders. it at the same time. <laughs> but then you threw in the Cypress Hill thing too, and and I'm with you on that. It, that, yeah, just that, just that baseline that alone. That loop drum really, beat, yeah. It, it, that and that's very very Cypress Hill from Black Sunday era Cypress Hill. And the way he, I mean, he sings a little bit higher too, so that adds to the be real it's kind of boy. comparison. Especially when he says "Turn it up, bitch." That's very very be real. Normally, I I wouldn't like that, but when Fred does it, <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm good with it because he does it sparingly. You know, like be real. That's all be real is. He doesn't have anything else besides that that high pitch thing he does. Fred just really doesn't make fun of other people that often. He'll 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 mention other bands and and artists, but he really doesn't make fun of other people that often, if ever. That's true, yeah. And he gets shit on so much. <laughs> like like crazy. like like in a fucking what song from Significant Other where he, where he, where he mentions uh, Eve 6, they put my tender. Oh, Nookie, when he said I put my tender hard in a blender. Oh yeah. Still I surrender. Oh, is th- is that an Eve Six reference? Yeah, remember the the I song. I guess so. Yeah, wanna put my tender heart in a blender? Watch us yeah. around to a beautiful oblivion. I've never made that connection. Yeah, I've never ever made that connection. So like he, like he's a he's a well-read dude. Like he listens to a lot of music, a lot of music in the scene, I guess. And he, but he never makes fun of anybody. And well, and then think about it this way too: in '98 or '90, I think it was '98, he was appointed as an A and R rep for Interscope Records. Yeah. So that kind of leads to the long con and like he knows what he's doing. He's not a dumb person <laughs> at all, at all. Nah. I think he, I think everything he does is very calculated and that leads to the long con 
the theory of the long con for him. I love it. Absolutely love it. I so agree. should we play a yeah. little a little bit of Turn It Up, bitch? Yeah, we can get to that little that little pre-chorus. Did the pre-chorus is all that matters. So here we go, Turn It Up, bitch from the Limbiscuits. Turn it up, bitch. From Limp Bizkit. Dude, I could listen to that 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 pre-chorus over and over again. Does I, she have like a does she have like an accent? No, I don't think it's an accent. I think she does. When she says love my early love love my early sex ain't marrying. I think she love my early sex ain't marrying. I think there's like an accent, accent there. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't hear it. I just heard it now. It's so subtle. Uh, I swear to God there's an accent there. I don't know. I, I don't I don't think there's an accent. She just I'm, has a I don't know, it's a way of I'm all turned around. I'm all turned upside down. <laughs> I wanna know who it is. I really wanna know who it is. I would love it if it came out and it was like fucking I don't know, John Otto or something. Just John <laughs> like, that would be so cool. Just, just with, more, with like <laughs> with like a voice pitch, like where it makes his voice higher. Yeah, just, just something super like well, like because the other guys are pretty pretty normal people looking dudes and john otto like besides his little beard that he always got going on his tats he's a very normal looking dude very very normal yeah i i'm so curious about that pre-chorus oh my god this is a great song it's a great song that's why it's r2b yeah no that's that's true oh i do want to say on this song that that walking stand-up bass line i think it's it's so good and it it's definitely like a cool I feel like Fred threw that stand-up bass in there based off of his love for jazz music because obviously we've talked about like his the whole jazz night thing he was doing every Thursday night in LA and you know how he had jazz musicians play at his house and even the drummer for Limp Bizkit right now is one of those guys, one of those jazz drummers because John Otto's not in the band right now or he's on hiatus. So I forgot the guy's name, Steven something, but he's one of those like jazz musicians Fred has been, you know, having play at his house and play at those those concerts or those shows. Yeah, it's a very really it's, cool. it's a very classy sounding bass uh riff or bass tone. But I think it's um dude it's 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 the Cypress Hill song I ain't going out like that. It's the same bass line just is it? Like a little bit different. It's like okay. the same fucking thing. That boom 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 and then Cyber Cell's boom, 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 Because it's kind of similar, yeah. I mean, oh, there's a little bit, a little, little more notes <laughs> in, in a Cyber Cell. There's four, there's okay. four notes each of them, but yeah, okay. Just a little bit more, 
more added to it. Just it's not like, like literally the, the single... same exact fucking well, notes it's just except like, just the you, last you, two are switched. Well, no, it's it's, it's also like, like clearly a, a it's, no, but it's a in, rip off of Cypress Hill. That's exactly <laughs> what he was doing in the delivery. Everything about the song is a rip off of Cypress Hill, paying homage, homage to Cypress Hill. Yes, homage, yeah. which is just That's a nicer way of saying rip off. It's not a rip off. It's an well, homage. An homage is, is still ripping something off. You just well, it's not. You're announcing it. It's not. Except one is an homage and one's a rip off. Well, what's know, the difference? Right. They're, well, they're not the same thing. Well, you tell me what the difference. I'll stop saying the them. difference is an homage is is more of like an inspiration of a track. It's more of like a like thank you. Like this is like a this is something like saying like you inspire me. Here's me kind of just kind of appreciating. But you're still taking your sound. Style. No, but you're not. It's not a ripoff though. A ripoff <laughs> is a ripoff is taking something directly from that that artist or group and putting it into your song. Well, that's that like, is a that's ripoff. like plagiarism. You're literally that's taking a, that's what a verbatim. That's exactly what a, do you not know what a ripoff is? That's what no, a ripoff is. I don't think is. you know what a ripoff right is. I, I, no, I'm, just, I'm literally telling I you. I think right an homage what a is just is. is a nicer way to say you're ripping somebody off. It's not though. I I, ju- I literally just explained it. When, See, when, Zeppelin, when, Zeppelin. When I release this Zeppelin, episode, you'll go back and listen to this. Zeppelin and were a ripoff right. band until they got caught, and then they became an homage band. Correct. Yeah. So there you go. No, you're, you're right. right. No, you're right. No, yeah, you're Zeppelin, right about what you said about Zeppelin. But what you said about the band is not right. Until they got caught and then became an homage band. Correct. But it's the same thing. Rip off and no homage are the same thing. It's not, though. Yeah. It's not. That is. It's not. You're it's taking not. something that you didn't create and making your own. No, it's, 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 it's being mm. conscious of the fact that, that, you're, that you're appreciating somebody else's music and you're... you're I don't mean it in a negative tri- way. You can rip off stuff all the time. I don't mean a negative thing. But you're acting like it. No. I, you're, just, just because you're not saying it, you... What? That's what you Rip you're, stuff off all the time. <sighs> We don't. The, f- the fact the that best. we podcast, we are ripping off other podcasts. No, we're not, though. We weren't the first podcast ever. We were the but second. We're the, the first was, ever. no, the first was The Greatest Debate. That was the only other podcast that I ever liked. <laughs> it's the only one that matters. During, during the Rucky years. I miss that. Yeah, the Rucky years. Yeah, that, that's all that mattered. Dude, that, those, like, first 80 episodes were... That was good. That was good. It was so funny. That was good stuff. Yeah, so let's anyway. turn that bitch is my number two B. And your three B was dad vibes. Was right? the dad vibes? That was also my three B. So what do you got for your four B? Four B was out of style. Okay, all right. So we talked about that. Obviously, mm-hmm. my number four is dirty rotten biscuit. Biscuit. Dirty rotten biscuit. biscuit. Second song. This is one of the heaviest guitar riffs on the record, and then it jumps into this very catchy. Uh, chorus and then you go into the bridge that is so reminiscent of something that could have been off of chocolate starfish yes but not ripping it off but not ripping it off it was oh, can you rip off your own your own material uh, you can bands have done it look at bad religion they've done it um well, they never wrote too. new material that's yeah like bob oh. dylan yeah bob dylan yeah got him i ignored that last comment oh well but you heard me <laughs> I mean, you heard me. That's why I you choose you to it. not understand. <laughs> <laughs> by by you saying you ignored it means you heard it, and you I heard nothing. It. Yes, you heard everything. Anyway, so dirty rotten biscuit. This is my four B. What what do you got on this one? This is my eight B. Okay, but okay. I bad. mean that's not a snat. This this album is fantastic. So like these <laughs> these later Bs are are. It was it was hard for me to go. I, I went back multiple times and changed the bees around, and it was it was difficult. But I I totally agree. I think the bridge part reminds me of Chocolate Starfish era, one hundred percent. It sounds exactly yeah. like that. The chorus here, dude, classic biscuit sound with 
a little bit newer style vocals. And I, they, like, they've never lost their cool sound. They've always just had a really cool tone for everybody. And the guitar tone here is super rad. It's like a, a saw or something. It's something, I don't know, something aggressive and, and, and I don't know what it is, but it sounds fantastic and I love it. It is. And yeah, Wes's, Wes's guitar tone is, is unbelievably fantastic and great. And, you know, for a singer who's been around since 1994 and probably shredded his vocal cords within the first three or four years of that, that time period, he still sounds so good. Like he still sounds exactly like how he sounded in 1999. You know, with with significant other, he still has the the weird fluctuations in his voice. He could still scream really well. Like a couple of songs, a couple of parts on this album, he his scream is still on point. You know, we twenty six years later, twenty seven years later, that scream is still so good. It's pretty remarkable. Like he he is he has not changed vocally at all. It, it's it, not. It is. It's, it's weird. It's so he's, weird. He's gotten better. His his like speaking in dad vibes, like his speaking voice, it's gotten deeper and just more more rugged. Just mm-hmm. just kind of like the the whatever you call like uh like that thing in people's Not like, even a vocal kind of similar to a vocal fry. Yeah, but but like in a male voice or or a deeper voice, you hear that and in whatever that ver or that that noun is to describe that noise it gets it gets more predominant like the older you get and it just yeah. it gets like if your voice gets deeper or not doesn't matter it's just it just i don't know like your body's deteriorating and that sound is coming up more and more that 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 guttural sound from your throat and in dad vibes you can really really hear his aged kind of speaking singing voice and that's like his rap voice but really it's just kind of like talking cuz he mm. hasn't really rapped since like significant other but <laughs> Like True. dirty rotten biscuit, it's just he he's doing it all. And you're right, like fucking dude is not like what the hell? He's still doing all of his iconic sounds just as well as he was doing it since like three dollar bill. His yeah, he has his, not skipped a beat. His like his like wusa like those goofy little things that he used <laughs> yeah. to do. Remember the wusa wusa wusa? Oh, dude, so <laughs> or even good. in my generation, you know, leading into the going out of the bridge into that big heavy riff, that big drop. He goes. Huh. Wow. Like who who goes huh. besides Davy Havoc? Who does that? Nobody does that. I know. Davy Havoc and Fred Durst. takes themselves. Yeah. yeah, dude. The only two people that do it are like the complete opposite of the spectrum <laughs> of taking themselves seriously. Like, what no. the fuck is going on? Oh, it's so annoying. That I, I annoyed myself just by making that comparison. I've never even uh, like thought of I, that at all. I haven't either. That was the first time, and that really annoyed me. <laughs> oh, that really annoyed me. Every time I listen to AFI, AFI now. Guy. I'm gonna listen to Davey Havoc do those noises and be like, "Wow, dude, Fred Durst did yeah. this better." <laughs> Davey Havoc's O's, man. That that's still a Facebook group. I looked it up recently. What is it? That f- there, there was a Facebook group that was made like in 2008, 2009, called Davey Havoc's O's or Davey Havoc's O, something like that. And it was it was all it was was just like clips of him going oh, you know, in various songs and live versions. That was that was the Facebook group, and it still exists as of I think it looked like. A year or two ago, <laughs> still around. Yeah. Well, he's still throwing still. out O's. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, nobody's posted it in, in like ten years, but oh, I don't know. the group still exists. Oh, God, I hate Davy Havoc sometimes. <laughs> but you know, when he's good, he's good. He's great. You know? that's, no, that's true. When he's good, he's great. When he's bad, he's god awful. 
I wouldn't say god awful. Oh. Okay. Bodies? Have you heard bodies? You have. You've heard it I, twice on two different vinyls. Yes, I know you've heard it. I I really enjoy bodies. <laughs> I really do enjoy bodies. Get your goggles on. You're if I goggles. <laughs> My goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I never opened the other one. The, it's still sealed. I know. The, the other one I got still, is still sealed. Probably sitting in your room for the next fucking forty five years. <sighs> Dude, it probably will. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we play a little bit of Dirty Rotten Biscuit? Play a little bit of Dirty Rotten Biscuit. Okay, here we go from the Limbiscuits. There you go, Dirty Rotten Biscuit from Limbiscuit. And I had to play it through that bridge because that bridge is, man, what a, like we talked about, perfect throwback to Chocolate Starfish. Fantastic. So good. How do, they, how do you recapture a sound from an already pretty unique band? That's mm-hmm. uh, impressive. And then not make it, not make it sound cheesy. You know, it, it could have gone so bad. It could have gone so fucking bad. But they, I think what's so cool about this record is that they don't focus on one element of the band. 
or one element of their sound, their old sound. Like they throw it out there in little tidbits. So it's it's very like I think you said earlier, it's very nuanced. It's very they they have a good way of just combining the old and the new and one, and this is a perfect example of one that. may even say they do a good job of paying homage to themselves without ripping themselves off. Exactly. There you go. There, there you, go. you go. I've been saying it all there along. There you go. <laughs> 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 all right. So what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, I, I think this is about nothing. I think this is straight word vomit and just fun. See, I, that's kind of what I thought too. I got nothing. I, th- that's what I was thinking. Actually, for a lot of these songs, I thought that. And I was trying to pull something from this one. And if anything, I think it might be about uh, how people need Limp Biscuit as much as Limp Biscuit need those people. <laughs> so it's like this, this like this push and pull of of weirdness. I, I don't know. That that that's that's the only thing I can get from it. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But that's most of the songs on this record. You can't. Miss He's not the Limp greatest Biscuit. lyricist. Why? Could we get it on? When? Every day and every night. Day oh. and every night. <laughs> Find the right here. Uh huh. We do it all the time. So it gets better detail and it gets better right. Don't. <laughs> the worst. Idiot. Uh. Such an idiot. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a great band. All right. So that was my 4B. What do you got for your 5B? 5B. I think we might be almost done, right? Yeah. Are we, uh, okay. What do you got for your 5B? What is my 5B? Do I not? Oh, uh, I bar- don't know. Barnacle, 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 barnacle. 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 Your barnacle. <laughs> All right, barnacle. so what do you think about this one? I, I don't know. First of all, like the barnacle. Like like I've never heard someone be called word. a barnacle. But when he says, and this next song goes out to all the ladies in the house. <laughs> when he says the next song oh, goes God. out to all you barnacles out there. Mm-hmm. The barnacle. You thought of Plink. Yeah. Well, at first I thought of SpongeBob. I was like, what are you talking about barnacles? Oh, Barnacle Boy? Yeah. Tim Conway. And uh, I don't know. It, it's it's cool. Barnacles. It's such a dumb word. It's so stupid. I think it's a cool word. Barnacle? It's, uh, you, you can't I say it's, it's you such can't, a cool sounding word. You can't even say barnacle without like giggling or like smirking or just it's like thinking of something silly, kicking your leg up and being silly. Barnacle. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a pretty cool word. I like that word. Barnacle, I do. I do like that word. Uh, musically on this one, though, I don't know if you if you kind of heard this, but there I get so much Marilyn Manson and Nirvana. I got sp- I got specific song. with Nirvana. I got major Nirvana, oh, Nirvana vibes, and then I even got like in utero vibes, and then I narrowed it down because I listened to in utero again because I was fucking it was killing me that I couldn't figure out what song it was by Nirvana, and mm-hmm. it's Milk It. Specifically, really? the the part milky when he yeah. talks about the left wing, chicken wing, right wing, upper wing, like that part, <laughs> like that, that tone, that pacing, and and also just like the vocal pacing itself is is you can hear it in in Durst's delivery. Okay, that's what I got. I see. I don't. I don't see milk. It. I would say something more along the lines of a song off Bleach, rather than in Utero. But I mean, I I don't know. It's I guess we have different opinions on opinions on that. But I heard a, outside of Nirvana, I feel musically there was a lot of Marilyn Manson, like '90s Marilyn Manson, uh, sound on this particular song. Which but I mean, you're not I, a, I'm not I, I'm not huge on Marilyn Manson, but I think that would know. be great because the barnacle itself is is the barnacle just attaches to something else and won't leave, won't let go. 
Yeah. And if that's if that's what this song is about, is about people being in Fred's life or, or critics being attached to Limbiscuit for so long and just won't leave him alone. It's kind of cool that he borrows, he pays homage to bands that they maybe have liked in the past, like Limp or like Nirvana, like Marilyn Manson. Now they're incorporating sounds because they're still attached to those bands. And I don't know that's that's kind of mm-hmm. cool where he's making fun of one barnacle, but then also kind of acknowledging that he is also kind of a barnacle in his in his music. Yeah, I, it, it makes sense too because it, when you look at Fucking you know barnacle. music and music and like kind of in the the metal way because in some ways you can kind of consider Nirvana a metal band like an. In in like especially on in utero, there's some metal aspects to that record, so I feel like you can kind of make that make that connection from late late grunge to Manson, who was ma- wildly popular in the mid to late '90s, and then Limp Bizkit took it over with the metal scene, you know, with the new metal with Corn obviously too. Like I can kind of I, I can see I could see that, and lyrically I, I agree with you. It, it's about people using him. And whether it be with Limbiscuit or as a person, and then just he's sick of their shit, and he's trying to detach himself from that 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 barnacle, that leech. <laughs> I guess you could say. A lot of people said this is like uh, I, I read that some people said that this song is like the the sequel to the song Leech, which I don't know much uh, much about the lyrics on, even though I love that song. I'm not. I mean, if we're just basing it off like the word leech in title, regards yeah. to barnacle, that's similar to I guess what it is, but. Like musically, I don't, I don't really see that. This is like a yeah, musically they're not the same, no, yeah. not at all. But like I said, the Manson and Nirvana sound is is very much. I think it's very prominent in this this particular song. What 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 B is this for you? This is my eight B. Eight B. But this is that. I mean, that doesn't mean it's a bad song because I think this song. I mean, I love this record. I think this record's so good. But this is my eight B. I love it. I all love right. this song. Well, we we got we got four more songs. Should we play a little bit of it or no? What do you think? I'm, I'm looking to see if there's anything else that I really want to. Because there's, I think there's one, there's one song that's similar to this one that I'd like to talk about briefly. I mean, we can just and at then... least talk about the rest of them. We don't have to play all of them. Okay, uh, I, I kind of want to play Barnacle because I just want people to hear, like, like that that Manson. It, to me, the play Manson Barnacle. Is so I mean, this song is not even two minutes long. It's a fucking short ass yeah, song. It's short, play, it's short. So, play, and play. I'll play it. I'll play it. Okay, here we go. Play the fucking here's track. The, here's, Here's Barnacle from Limbiscuit. Song goes out to all you barnacles out there. You ride my patience. I lost my patience. You suck on everything. You fuck up everything. I know you cannot see beyond. There's a little bit of barnacle. So, like, in the verses, it's more, vocally, it's more Kurt Cobain, but then it's more Manson, you know, musically. And then you get into the chorus, and it's like a good mixture of Nirvana and Manson. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stand by the Manson thing. I, I feel like there's so much influence from that. 
I mean, I've listened to like four Manson songs in my life, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> but even those discounted those four or anything. Songs. Those four Manson songs, you could say, you know, one of one of them is is Dope Show, and I mean that song is <laughs> that song's alright. That song's pretty stupid. Yeah, I, I I've never been a fan of that. <laughs> that song's kind of stupid, but anyway, we still got to do a Manson, even though he's been kind of canceled. We still got to do a Manson record on the pod. I think yeah. it'd be really interesting, even even if even though like I know you don't like Manson, I'm kind of whatever about him. I don't dislike. I think it would still be a lot of fun. If I'm basing my entire opinion on Dope Show and the three other songs I don't can't remember recall, then no, I, <laughs> I have zero interest. But I don't know. Maybe there's some gold there. I don't know. There might be. There might be. Probably not. Okay. So, might. <laughs> what are the songs you want to talk about? What is What is Goodbye? What okay? What B is that for you? Oh, it's my ten B. Oh, okay. But it's still, I mean, it's it's the bottom of the bees. It's the very bottom of the bees, but it's really good. Should we talk about it? I mean, just for me, if this would have also been a throwaway acoustic song if it wasn't for that it's just so overly dumb and some type of <laughs> yeah. like stupid wannabe Kesha, Justin Timberlake song. It's just, it's so dumb. See, what I, what I thought about this song, it, it is a very silly sounding song but it's very 90s pop rock sounding. Like it sounds like something that maybe like Filter would have put out in the late 90s or like, because it's a full band, but it's also acoustic and it has a lot of electric guitar playing, but not distorted. A lot of weird, a lot of electric guitar playing on top of it. Like it's very, there's a lot going on, but it's still very calm sounding, which is very late 90s sounding. And Filter is one of those bands that were like that. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I I can't think. I'm. I can't pinpoint one specific band that this would sound like, but it's so of that era. But I like it. I dig it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's also my. Well, it'd be my nine B, I guess, because I don't have. Why do you have a ten B? Ten. It's like, how do I not have a? Not, you should have a ten B. I guess I don't. Because oh, because you bring out the worst in me. That's all. That's my ten B. But that's barely. Oh, that is. Yeah. Okay. Really that low, huh? Yeah, I almost didn't make why it. Though? I, I, cause so like the intro, I thought that's like, my six B. By the way, what is this like? Angels and airwaves? What are we listening to here? <laughs> it's silly. And like so, like coming off the sequencing of of don't change. It, I don't know. It works better than going into don't change. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it that because turn it up, bitch, and then going into don't change makes no fucking sense. But don't change, and then going to this, and then going to love the hate. Is a lot better, and and I don't know. Like the, I I thought the verses, the verses just needed a little bit more for me. It's got a cool bass line, and I appreciate the contrast from like the chorus into the verses. But mm-hmm. I don't know, just wasn't wasn't quite enough there in the verses for me. So this is this is my ten B slash okay song. That's fair. That's fair. This is my six B. Uh, the quiet uh, verses are are they're good. Whatever they're they're fine. But this is one of the examples on the record where he still has that scream. The the screaming in the chorus just goes to show like it's never stopped. Like he the screaming now is the same as it was in nineteen ninety seven on three dollar bill. Like he has not skipped a beat. He's so good at that scream. One of the best, if not the best screamer in rock music. Oh. I, I mean I don't care. I've been saying it for years. He really is that good. He could be like a really rad hardcore screamer if he had the right band behind him to do that kind of music, it'd be fucking great. And if he decided not to be goofy, <laughs> but 
Yeah, that 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 that's up to him. But otherwise, yeah, th- th- that's my six feet. <laughs> that's up to I'm him. I'm stuttering a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah you got the worst of me. That's fine. Uh, another song I wanted to talk about too was "Love the Hate." Love the Hate. This is my five B. Where does this sit for you? This is my seven B. But this is uh, this is where I thought that the chorus is definite proof of the long gone. <laughs> like absolutely, if without a doubt, this is now we can. We can put to bed that yes, they are. They have been doing the long con. <laughs> I know, right? It's so good. Like it's uh, he fucking he like literally spells it out for you. Jokes on you. You <laughs> missed one clue. And then from what I see, you always do. Come uh, on, come on. It's, it's great. So is is Zach Zervini? Is this the guy that does the other voice? Like who is this guy? I haven't really been able to find out who it is. Zach Zervini. Yeah, because he's the he's credited as as a co producer on this song. Oh, but I don't I don't know who who was who the other voice is. I couldn't find it. I mean, I always thought it was just like I thought it was, yeah. I, I just thought it was one of the guys in the band. No, I don't think it's one. Of, I don't think it is. I don't I don't hear Sam Rivers or, or DJ Lethal talk that much. So I don't I don't know what they fucking I don't know how they sound. True. No, you're right. You're right. It might be one of those guys, but I don't know. I just. It could be one of those. I, I don't know. But. Oh, I also wanted to bring up too that this there's two there's two new things that I've I've come across two two like quips about this band that that I like and one is Fred Ache like a headache but a Fred oh, Durst yeah. headache Fred Ache that's yeah. in this song I think that's so cool that's so funny and the other thing was Daddy Durst a lot of the reviews I was reading were calling him Daddy Durst <laughs> I thought it was so <laughs> fucking funny so I like to call him Daddy Durst from now on. I like that. I do like that a lot too. Daddy Durst. It's so like the alliteration is great. I love it. Love the hate. God, banger song. song. Is so good. It is, and the, the build up into it, like where where Fred and the other. I don't like I said. I don't know who the other guy is, but Fred and the other guy, they're they're kind of like both kind of shit talking Limp Biscuit, and then it kind of is known that Fred used to listen to them, and then he's like, I don't even know you anymore. Yeah. Like he instantly turns on Fred for ever listening to Limp Biscuit. I loved it so much. This it's is so dumb. This is so great. Like this is a song about hating Limp Bizkit, but it's set up in a very amazing way. It starts off two people talking shit. Then one of mm-hmm. them one of the two slowly starts to realize that they do like Limp Bizkit because, you know, they've listened to him before and then you know, you kind of you can tell that one of them still kind of likes Limp Bizkit, but they got <laughs> caught up in the hype of just in the fun of just hating Limp Bizkit because it's it's fun to hate Limp Bizkit for whatever reason. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like th- like this this little skit slash song sets up pretty much two different uh, perspectives. One is is the 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 staunch hater of Limp Bizkit from day one for no reason really, because the guy doesn't even give a reason there. He just shits on the other person rather than shitting on Limp Bizkit. And the other guy, you can tell that he kind of likes Limp Bizkit, but he doesn't want to seem like he's a dork or uncool or a nerd, so he pretends to hate Limp Bizkit. But, but like none of them probably have ever listened to Limp Bizkit, except for the guy yeah. who likes them. But uh, th- I don't know. It, it's just a, it's a cool way to 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 make fun of the haters. It is. It really is. Love that. What I what I like about it too is that they um like at some point like half the song it's them kind of going with the flow of the beat and them rapping to it. But then then they would go off track and they would just kind of talk. It, it was this like cool mixture of of um, spoken word. On top of rapping, which I thought was really cool, they did it very seamlessly, and it wasn't. It was. It never sounded bad. 
It reminded me a lot of Guilty Conscience from from Eminem and Dre. Oh yeah, when they were going back and forth. But the difference, like you said, is call. that one is just it's just very back and forth on beat, on time, very calculated. Whereas this one was they start to go on beat, but then because they're just talking normally, they forget the beats even there and get into this really Snoop Dogg realm where they just do whatever the fuck they want, but then end on the beat. <laughs> so it's all the same. Yeah. And I haven't seen anybody say this, but I, and I only noticed this today when I, on my final listen through when I was doing the lyrics, but musically, I know you're not, you're not big on corn, but there's a song on follow the leader where Fred Durst is on the song. It's called all in the family. And the guitar, the guitar part in that song is very, very similar, if not identical to the one in this, to the, to the, the guitar in this song, except for in this one, it's sped up a lot more, but I feel like it's the exact, it's like, it, it's very, very similar. And it makes sense because all in the family was also a diss track. So they were, what it was, was for people who have never heard that song, Fred Durst was making fun of corn in the song and and Jonathan Davis was making fun of Limp Biscuit in the song. So it was them back and forth like dissing each other's bands. And I feel like that's what this song is too. So I feel like this is kind of a throwback to that corn song in nineteen ninety eight. Which every every like both bands hate that fucking song now. But I feel like this is a nice little homage to that song. Rip yeah, rip off. Homage to that song. And I, I feel like that riff in this song takes from all in the family and i like that i really 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 like that it's very subtle and i did not pick up on pick up on it until today what if so on them. what if that really was an intentional thing that they were doing and it's 100 percent real and the voice that we can't pinpoint is somebody from corn <laughs> what if it's jonathan davis using a fake voice Dude, like that would be so <laughs> cool like I, that would just be, be fucking, so cool that would be like the bee's knees that would be so awesome That'd be rad. No, it's it's none of the guys in Corn. I know their voices well enough. It's none of them. I know what they all sound like. Well, it's not them. Maybe. But it would that would be a great that would be a great little Easter egg. Damn, and then and rad. then just never credited them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know who it is on this song. It it bothers me who this I know, is. I, I looked. It doesn't say like anywhere who it would be. It doesn't, I mean, I, I know. I tried looking. At, I tried looking up this, and I tried looking up the girl. And turn it up, bitch. But I cannot find it. Find out who these people are. I mean, it's it's still super early, and and I don't know. It, it could be. I don't know, and because there's no physical release, so we, there's no like linear notes. Yeah, it we makes it that much more difficult. Well, yeah, well, no. That's oh why we boy. need physical mediums of of music. Yeah, give us the vinyl. Give us the vinyl I box. Want the vinyl. I want the vinyl of this and Gold Cobra. That's why. Well, I mean, I want all their stuff, but damn. I don't have any Limp Bizkit. This is ins- this is so stupid. It's, it's really so stupid. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, so what what other songs do we have on here? That's it. Oh, that Pill Popper. I mean, we, oh, we, just, Popper, we yeah. just haven't talked about Pill Popper. We've talked about everything else. But I might as well just talk about Pill Popper just to put it to bed. Yeah. But this is... Uh, what do you this on? one's cool. This, right? This little cool industrial sound on the percussion. It, I don't know, it makes mm-hmm. me want to throw like a Blade-style 90s party with Ramstein performing. That's what I felt like. It was amazing. This is cool. This is my it's 6B. Great. It's my 7B. And I'm with you on the industrial style. And I feel like this is kind of him poking fun at Nine Inch Nails and Manson as well. Because I, I get a lot of Nine Inch Nails on this this particular song. The way the, the beat is going and considering that, you know, Trent Reznor has talked so much shit on Fred Durst. I feel like this is him just saying like, well, I can make an industrial song too. 
<laughs> I feel like this is like kind of like a slap in the face. And it's to better than me. Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails. So I feel like this is honestly kind of like a slap, like a like a very very subtle diss track to Nine Inch Nails on a little bit of Manson, because both both of those guys, or Trent and Manson, really made fun of Fred Durst back in the day. So this is, I think, this is him kind of like clapping back at them and saying, "I could do it just as well as you guys were doing it in the '90s," just to be a dick. Yeah, no, <laughs> play the long con, and I love it. If you also like like the the opening line where the the pharmaceutical thing, if you just copy and paste that and type it into Google, it's taken mm-hmm. from an article from like 2018 or 2019 about, it's, I don't know, some article that's that's all against like big pharma and how detrimental it is to society. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it says, thank you, Kenneth. But that part, thank you, Kenneth, isn't in the article. It's Mm -hmm. just, like, it's no secret that our government, yada, yada, all the way down to almost like they create customers. And it's, it's like, the opening, the the thesis to this really long article about how horrible Big Pharma is from, like, four or five years ago. I like that. I like that. Maybe it kind of is a little, you know, kind of, social commentary on you know the covid thing and the vaccines yeah, I, don't, I don't know I, it could I be i mean the fact that it ends it, the fact that the excerpt from the article ends with they create customers and then mm-hmm. talking about like the pharmaceutical industry they create customers i mean that's that's some like unquestionable truth part one yeah complexity and, and, like that's and they've never done that deep like on a new record. idea yeah and it's not it's not like it's a new idea obviously but yeah but they they never They've never gone this deep on an actual LP. Yeah, that's true. Or really in any, yeah, in any fashion. The unquestionable truth, that was maybe the, I mean, they've gone deep. That, that was deeper than anything they've ever done prior to this because that dealt mm-hmm. with some some deeper issues. But this is the deepest oh, yeah, they've totally. ever gone on an LP. But like and you said, to it's, throw not, it in, it's not a new concept. No, but then also to throw it in on this kind of record, like right in the middle of the record to kind of be a throwaway, almost like a throwaway song, even though it's a really good song. The chorus is so good. It comes in so fucking hard. I love it. <laughs> I mean, lyrically, we kind of touched upon that real quick, but you got anything else to say about this one? That's all I got. We did it. We did it. We did this entire record. The I mean, we, record. we did We did touch upon very briefly about kind of the, the B-sides from this. So we have the two covers. We have the ministry cover of Thieves. We have... What was the other cover? No, there's not another cover. I think it's just Thieves. And there then were, there's the song Lights, which yeah. is not a good song. Is that a cover, though? No. I, I it was. It wasn't a cover. Oh, no, no there was wasn't. a Lil Wayne one. They did with Lil Wayne. That wasn't a cover. It was just a Yeah, no, 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 that was, that was that Ready was to Go. Ready to Go. That's a really good song. I don't like that except for that. Except for that part with Lil Wayne. That part yeah, like, why is he there again? It's so stupid. I like Lil Wayne. I, I, I think Lil Wayne has done really, really, really great stuff, but come on. And then the other song was Endless Slaughter, which is another really good song. A little bit too long, but there's a lot going on there. Like, there's a weird buildup in that song, but still a pretty decent song. Pretty, pretty decent. Pretty, pretty decent. Otherwise, yeah, we, we touched upon every fucking song. We did is, it. We don't do that often. We really don't do that often. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's give our final thoughts. Then we'll give it our, uh, our world-famous rating from our Dar. world. Our barrels. <laughs> <laughs> Our world-famous rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is just the worst thing you've ever heard. Uh, what are your final thoughts and your rating on the record? Go. Uh, uh, you know, Limp Biscuit is like that episode of Twilight Zone 
with mm-hmm. the gremlin on the wing. Like oh, that's the most famous Twilight Zone episode ever. And the one guy sees the gremlin on the wing. And every time he says, hey, there's a gremlin on the wing, everyone else looks and the gremlin's not there. But he's telling mm-hmm. the truth. That's like, that's what I feel about Limp Bizkit. Like, dude, they're a joke band. And everybody looks and then Fred Durst is mouthing off or something and making people think that he's not a joke band. But like, I don't know. I've been saying it for so long. I've been thinking it for so long. And then I feel like at the last second, uh, he like winks at us. Fred Durst is just winking at us. Like everyone's like, "Oh, dude, you're <laughs> fucking dumb. You're a joke banning." Fred Durst's like, "No, I'm trying really, really hard." And he smirked. And he looks at us and he winks and like, "Oh my God, see, we knew it." But then he still won't admit it. So everyone else thinks that he's still not a joke band. That's why I feel about Limp Bizkit. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, this album, this album blew me away. I was truly fucking surprised. I could not even believe that they released something this of this magnitude this th- over a decade later. I like, what are you doing? How is this possible? Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm at a loss for words. I really can't even, I don't know. This is, this is, this is good stuff. Even the acoustic songs, I, I don't particularly like all that much, but I don't really hate them, and I don't think I would skip them. I'd probably still just listen to them. These are not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's out of place, but not terrible. Um, but I, I, I love this. I love this album very much, and I will continue to listen to it, and I hope there's a vinyl release, because I will, I will buy it. I hope so. And I think the cover art is absolutely fantastic oh yeah we didn't even touch upon that i fucking love it i i love how just how horrible it is how purposely bad it's drawn and it's got like you know the the like the stiff fingered limp biscuit logo guy on it from Mm -hmm. way back in the day and it's just everything about us is really gross and it was all done by West Borland. It was all him. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's it's yeah. Like this is some shit like Kaylee would draw. It's not. It's meant to be gross, though. Like if you good. look at other, if you look at other stuff that that West Borland's put out, you know, drawing and painting wise, it's very similar to this. So it, I do love that that wet that you know it was, everything about this record was all with the, done within the band. Yeah. I think even West mixed. If I'm not mistaken, West mixed this record as well. Yeah, and, 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 I think and that's DJ so Lethal cool. produced saw a handful of songs yeah. that were predominantly him or focused on him, and then these guys were very hands on. But I mean, they've 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 been pretty hands on for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, and and I just I think everything about this album is just fantastic. Aside from the side that there's no physical copies, and that's irritating. That's such a shame. Such and, a bummer. Uh, but you know, whatever for 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 what it's worth. First things first. Um, it is what it is, I guess. And okay, that no, no, leads me to my we, ratings. No, no, no. And my rating is I give this a two point I'll give it two point eight. I'll do two point eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's I'll fair. Do 2.8. That's fair. It's very fair. Very fair. Yeah. All right. So my final thoughts, I think that this record blew me away. Like I said, this I was expecting really good stuff, but this like blew me out of the water. I thought almost every song outside of those two acoustic songs were just so good and like i said the said at the beginning after the second listen of this record i could already i already knew which song was which like i was able to differentiate between the different songs and that really says a lot about an album if you could do that and uh i I think this is the perfect blend and combination of new and modern and they just they knocked it out of the park on this one it's it's so fucking good and with that being said because those two acoustic songs, they're not bad, not really, not not necessarily skippable, but because of those, I cannot give this a perfect album, perfect rating. 
So I will have to give this a 2.8. I'm with you on that. A 2.8. Well, you've because given, of those two You've songs. given perfect ratings even though every song isn't perfect before. I've never done that. I've never okay. done that. Okay. My whole okay. life. Okay. Never done that in my whole life. Prove it. Prove All it. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> Roll. Uh, so yeah, there we go. We each gave this album a 2.8. Very high ranking. I think this is this is amazing. This record is so good. Uh, do we have anything else to say about it or anything in general? That's all I got to say about that. That's all you got? Okay. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. Continue to listen to all your friends and family. We might send you a sticker. I don't know. We have stickers now. So, so many stickers. Yeah, so many stickers. So there we go. I don't know. I got nothing else to say. And um, that's it. That's all. Yeah. If you're real desperate, all you like you don't even like have a scooper, you just shove your tongue in it and just eat the peanut butter out of it. Oh the yeah, that's what cup. you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. Like a that. fucking disgusting animal. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you're like 21, 22 and being pretentious, but dude, you're, that's like us. I mean, well, we are very pretentious too, but no, it's, but we're it's, like cool pretentious, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no joke. I'll say it once again. And if I get provoked, there'll be knuckles on your chin. <laughs>